Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman right over there, he is the damp Will Curran. And that over there is the swanky... Grant Kruger. And I'm so glad to be here. I'm from Event Technology Consulting. He's from Endless Events, and we are excited to be talking to you today about some relatively recent news. Um, uh, you know, the, we, uh, as part of this show, we've been trying to look at the broader technology landscape and try and envision, um, you know, what, what we think it's going to do for for our events as we as we you know uh, move into the future. And so, Google announced uh, that they have achieved quantum supremacy. Quantum supremacy. And it's it's one of those things. It's like, man, engineers need to learn uh, how real people talk, because when you when you come out saying you've achieved quantum supremacy you better be prepared for some blowback <laughs> because what's so let's 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 talk a little bit about what that means what that is and then we'll talk about what the ramifications are for our events Definitely, uh, definitely. Um, so first and foremost, let's get out of the way because a lot of the articles, and, and by the way, this leaked like weeks ahead of time. You know, NASA accidentally put out a thing saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, Google achieved quantum supremacy," <laughs> and then like, "Oops, no." I mean, no. Um, uh, just er, kidding. Er, but, uh, but we're yeah, yeah. right. So officially, it's officially been published now uh, onto into the Scientific Journal of uh, Nature magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Nature, the scientific journal. And um, so when we talk about quantum supremacy, it's not like an advertising branding <laughs> uh, thing. It's not something that Google just made up. It's, it's, it's a legitimate engineering term. term. Yeah, it's a scientific term. Like they achieved the scientific method. Kind of, it'd be like a similar... Right, yeah. Or, or you know, uh, it's, it's a label. Well, All they've it is achieved is a light speed right. or something like that. Y- right? Yeah, exactly. It's a quantifiable thing yep. that is backed up by engineering um and so it's it's a silly term <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's 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 a quantifiable actual term used to describe in quantum computing yep. so we should probably take a quick step back and talk about what quantum computing is yeah so the idea behind quantum computing uh the big term that you want to understand is this idea of a qubit q-u-b-i-t right yeah and the idea behind a qubit is a traditional bit is zero or one. And that's where kind of that binary one or zero, it can be one of those two states, right? On or off. Well, a qubit can be both simultaneously a one and a zero. So it <laughs> is like on and off at the same time. It's almost like Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> right. And, and that's why it's quantum, it's quantum physics, right? And so quantum physics, physics things get really weird yep. when you get down to the subatomic level, when you get down to the quantum level. And, you know, without getting too technical on it, um, states of matter get a little fuzzy, whether or not things are positive or negative get a little fuzzy. And so these computers involve enormous amounts of coolant, you know, cooling things down. They run at, you know, a gajillion, bazillion degrees below zero um, where things get weird. And so instead of, yeah, so bits, like you said, on or off, that goes all the way back to literally transistors, tubes, things like that, mm-hmm. being, you know, being able to store data as a one and a zero. And then, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, so that's zero and one. And then if you want a two, it would be, you know, zero, one. 
And then if we wanted three, it would be one, one. Yeah, I don't speak binary, yeah, so well, you lost me there. You should. But anyway, either way, all of the things, all of the technology that we have, laptops, cell phones, satellites, um, you know, all the way up to the most powerful supercomputers in the world are based on this zero and one technology. Mm-hmm. And so they're limited by this zero and one technology. When in the end, when you break it all down through all the programming languages, when you get it all the way down to the bare bones, it's zeros and ones, zeros and ones. So this idea of these qubits is it's more than double because of the way this works. So instead of being a zero or a one, it can be a zero and a one, right? That's mm-hmm. two states of matter. Then if you add a second one, you've got four states. <laughs> so it just gets like <laughs> right. more and And if more. you add a third one, you've got its... Uh, Eight states, I think, if I'm remembering yeah. right. Yeah. And so, in whereas instead no, 16, of sixteen, yeah, I think sixteen, I, yeah, I don't know. And so it gets, it gets, it's, it's, you know, logarithmic, where it gets more and more and more and more and more and more and more. The more of these you add, and it's you know infinitely more than um, uh, you know than these traditional bits of on and off. And so the supercomputer that they made, uh, that Google made, is a fifty-four qubit sycamore processor so it's got 54 of these qubits well sycamore is the, the name that is the brand name that they decided to yeah call they decided it. to call it the sycamore processor right um and so the, the, here's the here's the, let's cut to the chase so it's a gajillion bazillion bazillion uh, uh calculations uh, being able to be performed in a very short amount of time and so what they were able to do was to perform a calculation in 200 seconds that would have taken the world's most powerful supercomputer 10,000 years. And that's, you know, essentially for our practical <laughs> purposes, it's impossible, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And so um, it's, it's, yeah, it's not just a little bit faster. It's not just significantly <laughs> it's quantum faster. Quantum faster. <laughs> it's, right, it's, a, it, it's, it's a quantum leap as it were, Ooh. in technology. Oh, man. Quantum, <laughs> the quantum wah, wah, puns are coming yeah, out. Okay. So so that's kind of the, the, the techie, nerdy background. Uh, so is what you need to know is that it's not just a little bit faster, it's exponentially faster. That's the word I was saying, logarithmic. I meant to say exponential. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exponentially faster than the fastest computer that we have now. Now, this is technology that is absolutely in its infancy. I mean, this thing takes up, it's, it's the size of a room. It, it takes a, <laughs> you know, it's... it's <laughs> like, it takes like... Cr- Cryo yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool yeah, it's cryogenically, you know, uh, cooled, um, and you know, it didn't work work quite right. You know, the first first couple times that they turned it on, to the point where they actually surpassed this quantum uh, supremacy level, um, which again is, is is a very specific thing. Uh, they, so they they reached this level and weren't really sure that they had reached the level. Um, there's there's actually so uh, yeah, the, uh, there's great. some good video on um, on the verge uh, dot com. That well, you this can is like the out. official Google. Oh, video. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, they've just embedded it. So the yeah, the Google's official video that they released um, uh, is kind of funny because they're like, yeah, we didn't really know that we'd done it, and so it's kind of like, <laughs> yay. It's like if you. It's it's like if you time traveled, you right. wouldn't know that it happened until like someone affected something maybe in the past or, you know, it's kind of like one of those, like, it's a funny moment because yeah. you'd only see it in movies. Or if you were going to space and you weren't quite sure you were in space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, think, like, I think we're, I think I we're in space. Like uh, we're maybe space. it's getting a little weightless here. Because no one's ever no- getting there before. Right, so exactly. Exactly. So, so it, it's, it's a fascinating um, idea. So let's, okay, now let's, it's, and it's also funny because now all the other, like IBM is like, no, you 
didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about, we'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, one thing that we'll do too, for sure, for everyone who's listening and you don't know what we're talking about when it comes to this video, is that we'll link it into yeah. the uh, resources. Um, so make sure to head over to ventechpodcast.com and uh, check out the video. It's really, really good. They also do a really good job giving a lot of praise to the team who put this on as well, which is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the, the IBM thing. So uh, obviously this got announced and when it officially got published then, shortly, obviously, the fastest supercomputer in the world is run by IBM. So, of course, they said, like you said, no, 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 you didn't. So what did they say? <laughs> well, I've seen a couple different. So, so I saw an initial report that was basically implying that it was just a branding term, which is kind of why <laughs> we wanted to start there. Like, and, but it's not. It's, it's an actual, legit, quantifiable yeah, it's like thing. like a scientific yeah, achievement more than a, yeah. a technological. Or It's not like, oh, hey, Google announced they had the new folding phone. It's like, right. no, they, they, they scientifically did this. Right. It's more a scientific thing than that. It's more of a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a level. It's, a, it's, a, it's something that they passed. Um, so but the, 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 the more specific claim that they're saying now is, well, if you had a lot more storage capability. <laughs> so basically, if you had like really big disk drives, yeah, yeah. you'd be able to achieve the same thing without without using a quantum computer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That doesn't, however, discount the fact that they did it with a, with a quantum computer. Yeah, in this moment. Right. And so, so IBM's kind of claim is a little... It seems like, yeah, you know, it seems, it seems, you know, whatever the scientific well, it must be like a really, like, I mean, obviously it must be like way closer to the 200 seconds. What's the, how fast did they say the supercomputer could get done? Well, so IBM's is claiming that a classic normal system could do it in two and a half days. That's a lot. Does, is that if it mean? had basic, you know, it's a, <laughs> that seems like a lot longer than 200 seconds. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to make this hot pocket. Right. It's going <laughs> to. Take me two hundred seconds to cook a hot pocket. Right, oh right. well, my hot pocket can do the, yeah. get cooked in two two and a half days. Like, we're real, yeah, we're real proud of you for being able to cook that hot pocket in two and a half seconds. But we we, we could do it with a normal microwave in two and a half days. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, it's, it seems a little petty, um, and uh, it, it even mentions in this article that it was basically preemptively published. So they're like they knew this was coming out, so they posted a, a blog article saying, "Yeah, yeah, they're just protecting their share value, basically." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, and I think that's fair. So, um, and and then I've seen more than a few people again saying this idea is that you know quantum supremacy, geez, you know, ego much Google, you know. <laughs> but so, um, all right. So how does what does this have to do with the events? industry well well i think the exciting thing about this is that you know they're, they're calling this like the hello world moment for computing and that this idea that this is a big breakthrough for computing so uh, i'm gonna get this out of the way by saying this first that we're probably never going to get to actually see one of these computers for a long period of time similar to the discussions we had about 5g and maybe the future of virtual reality and augmented reality is that this is a little bit further off and that but that's why we created this podcast is that we wanted to look at things even if they're very very far off so um, while this breakthrough has happened, it's not like tomorrow you're going to be able to go to Best Buy and pick up a quantum computer right, right. and say like, oh, I'd love to run my registration system off this quantum computer and you know whatever it may be. But instead, we're looking at, hey, this is going to be a big step move forward. It's kind of like now we have to rethink how computers are done. I think altogether. So I mean, yeah, it's it's as, as we're recording this, it's it's 2019. Um, uh, it was 1903. This is one of the better analogies that I've heard. 1903 was the Wright brothers. So in oh, yeah. basically a hundred years, we've gone from the you know the paper mache plane, basically that they put yeah. the wooden bailing wire bicycle shop plane that they made to rockets and sending rovers to Mars and, you know, daily, hourly flights from, you know, New York to Shanghai, um, you know. So 
this is where we're at now with quantum computing. So 100 years from now, it's going to be off the chain. Yeah, we don't even know what it's going to look like because right. I bet the Wright brothers weren't like, yeah, you know, someday. Give, give uh, it 100 years. We're going to go to we're going to the planet Mars. And it wasn't even 100. I mean, just even think of 50 years out of that. I mean, oh, so yeah. from 1903 to you know, the 1950s, World War II, uh, you know, the Korean War, Vietnam. I mean, all, all of where we're at into the, you know, heyday, as some people say is the heyday of, of, of uh, airplane travel in the, you know, 1960s. Um, so, you know, imagine just what, you know, what these capables are. So... How does it relate to the event? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Bring, bring it around. Bring <laughs> it around. Promise. We stick with did. us. Stick with us. We're bringing it around. So here's, here's, here's the long and the short of it is that just like computers today had to start with being giant rooms full of, you know, coiled wire and, and it took massive amounts of power. That was only in, you know, the 1940s and 50s, the original, the original computers, you know, to, you know, then going from that to being able to have computers capable of guiding us to the moon in really only about 25 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So as we start to look at this, being able to perform ridiculously fast computations uh, initially is going to do with things like cryptography, right? So um, having things protected by, uh, you know, secure um, cryptography. So, you know, our bank, uh, you know, uh, being able to connect to our banks, being able to connect to these things. Wait, wait, wait. is Brant Brant about to talk about cybersecurity? A little bit, because... (laughs) A lot of our current cryptography is based on it will take a ridiculously long time to guess. That's why they say like your right. password should be 20 characters and exactly. some exclamation points. Uh, uh, right. Capital is because it will take 10,000 years. For right. So even if you figure, you know, alphanumerics plus, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the, the exclamation points and punctuation and things like that, I want to say it's, it's under 100 characters um, in standard English. And so if you took a computer and you tried to guess, you know, okay, let's guess every single possibility of the first character, you know, and it's only a, and it's only a one, you know, a, a one digit password, basically. And then you do the same thing with every permutation of the second digit and every permutation of the third digit. If you get out to like a 16 digit alphanumeric password with some things written in, a traditional computer, even a supercomputer, would take thousands of years to crack that, to crack that cryptography. If quantum computing gets involved, and you've got to know that um, uh, you know that governments are going to be working on this as well, all of those are going to go out the window. So you would be able to, instead of being you know having a password that was sixteen digits long, being able to be hacked in ten thousand years, it'll be cracked in a, in a matter of seconds. And so you know, not to put not to get too tinfoil hatty, but you know the. Um, uh, intelligence community of the U.S. government built a giant data farm that's just hoovering up basically every single possible scrap of data that it can off the internet, whether or not it's encrypted, and retroactively would be able to go back and decrypt those files eventually. So not going to be a huge deal, you know, uh, yeah. in, in the near term, but anything that's using some of these older encryption patterns would be able to be cracked in just a second. I think it's crazy to think about, yeah, what the future of, like, passwords are going to look like. So um, while you were talking about that, I pulled up, uh, and I'm going to have to share a link to this, is the uh, betterbias.com estimating password cracking times. And um, they're just using not even the fastest computers. They're talking about probably four years ago's top-of-the-line processor you buy from Best Buy. And I typed in a pretty secure password that was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 characters long. Pretty secure password. And, he, and Ansel Gant's got symbols, uppercase, lowercase. That's a pretty secure password, right? 
it's saying that it'll take 11,000 millennia um, to do it. Um, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I bet you if you plug that in with the top-of-the-line supercomputer, that would drop significantly. Sure. I bet you it's 100 years yeah. or something like that. But now we're saying this can do it in two minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm exactly. scared. Yeah. I, that's terrifying. So wow. the good news is that newer, new, newer versions of cryptography, you know, people were already starting to get, holy crap, this, we're getting closer to actually achieving quantum supremacy. So newer levels of cryptography are starting to take this into account, and people are actively working on ways of getting us away from passwords. You know, yeah. what can we do? Multi-factor yeah, authentication. Yeah, looking at you know, biometrics, multi-factor, you know, how do we, you know, and I, I, there's some really interesting stuff out there that it's just going to take adoption, right? People to say, yep, we're going to start using this technology over that technology. So I'll, I'll spin it, if, if you're cool with me spinning mm-hmm. it off of cybersecurity. I think then it also brings up this idea that we've always talked about, like, the idea of machine learning, and it takes a certain amount of time for computers to learn things by testing things, uh, things like that. And I think that um, this also proves that used to be that you would have to sit here and try, you know, what was it? Like, you, Facebook had the AIs talking to themselves for, like, it was like a week or so, and they taught themselves a new language or whatever it was. Well, now that's going to happen instantaneously, and I think that's a really exciting. Um, yeah, with with the ridiculously, yeah. I mean, when we're talking about cryptography and things like that, and even the tests that they're using for quantum supremacy, it's basically math. You know, it's not it's not doing anything yeah, yeah, fancy, yeah. but you know, that's the first step. Yeah, it's not like rendering the the Corvette in three right. dimensions or something. But that you know that will come, and so just like we you know, that's the way the original computers started is is that we used them for math, mm-hmm. you know, and calculating things. And so, you know, it, it's increased processing power. And so um, as, as, we, as this starts to filter down, as this technology starts to filter down to universities, uh, to corporations, you know, being able to do things like machine learning and AI with that tremendously increased speed is going to, you know, it, it'll be able to chew through a data set. In nothing, like a ridiculously complicated data set, like weather patterns and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, um, where you have to take in so many different factors. So, again, kind of bringing it back to what does this mean for us is that down the way, as we go, one, we're going to have to find new ways to secure our data. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Two, just generalized increased processing power. So everything will be bigger, better, faster. (laughs) You know what I mean? Totally. Phones, tablets, uh, the computers that run the rendering graphics for your presentation. Exactly. That's something that, you know, that's something that's going to, you know, Hollywood's going to start investing this oh much because, because right now folks, for anybody that doesn't know oh, kind yeah, of how, right. how, you know, CGI and things like that use, you know, you need stacks and stacks and racks of computers just <laughs> chewing to create, you know, one frame of the Hulk's butt, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's, and it just chews and chews and chews. Mm-hmm. So the processing power and memory that are used to create current modern big budget CGI of Effects is ridiculous. And so as that starts to filter down as well, that will get cheaper and easier and faster as well. And so the the what they will be capable of doing will be ridiculously detailed, ridiculously mm-hmm. accurate uh, 3D models. Well, I think that's going to make for an exciting time too for rendering that, you know, for example, one of the biggest costs for projection mapping right now is the content because you have to 3D render content. Like, And if you could do this faster... And do it quicker, it means that, hey, you need less powerful computer, cheaper to get. I mean, 
oh man, it's just it's all going to slowly filter down over over time. Yeah, it's and same oh. virtual reality, augmented reality, mm-hmm. all of these things are going to become ridiculously realistic as as these you know environments are being able to be created in fully rendered three D space. And I mean, it's it's weird to think about too, uh, and I'm sure that. <laughs> I'm just going to love to listen to this podcast when I turn like 100 years old, you know? Yes. It's early days. Be, yeah, it's early days. And, it, you know, it's going to be funny to listen to this. And I was there cool. when Google. <laughs> oh, Daddy, what's a Google? What the, <laughs> Grandpa, the Papa. G, the G company. Um, Papa, what's a Google? <laughs> what's a Google? You know, um, our corporate overlords. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, there's things that we can't even begin to think about as well. Like when the computers first came out, people were like, wow, wouldn't it be great if you could communicate across to another country using these tools? <laughs> right. And now we have video chat in like high definition, you know, on our phones. Yeah. That fit in our pockets, like right, like some of the stuff is we even know where this is going to go. Yeah, first fifty years to, to now of computing is 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 one chapter, and you know it it, it doesn't feel like it, but we've no. just started the second giant chapter mm-hmm. of computing in in human uh, human technology. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, definitely congratulations <laughs> to Google. I yeah, mean, like. If, I mean, the people to do it are the ones that are experimenting the craziest, and so it, it takes things like this. And what's crazy is, I, I mean, you you listen to a ton of tech podcasts, way more than I do. I didn't even know this was coming. I, in fact, I remember when I stumbled upon this was I was just doing like late night after gig YouTube videos, and I was like, Google announces quantum supremacy, and I was like, what the heck is that? Clicked on it, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, cool. And I just like closed it because I didn't understand that it was like <laughs> this big deal. Right. I just watched that video, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like they did this thing. They must have been, you know. This isn't a big deal. And I assume that everyone was doing this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the takeaway back out there, folks, is this is actually a big deal. Um, it's not something you're going to have to deal with anytime soon, but it's, it's going to affect your lives for the next 50 years. So as yeah. this stuff uh, begins to filter its way into the world. Maybe uh, less than 50 years. Maybe like a quantum over the course. of that. Oh, over the course. Over the course. Over the, the course of 50 years. <laughs> the next 50 years. Uh, and we were talking before the show. Is it 10 years, 20 years? I think, I think over the course of 50 years, you'll just see continued slow improvements in the technology, just like you did with airplanes and computers. And Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make a crazy um, prediction. Okay. Um, so when we listen good. to this in 50 years. Yes. Um, two predictions. A, I think this is definitely going to be in like obviously our normal computers and things like that. They're going to figure out a way to shrink yeah. this down into like the size of our processors are now. But um, I was talking actually, I think this is fitting to start talking about this theory I have that eventually I think we're going to get the point where computer processing doesn't happen in the device, but instead on like a server farm similar to the Stadia stuff um, that's going on where you can, oh, you can instead of playing video games on a crazy PlayStation, it's played on a server room made by Google and it streams to your device. But I think with quantum computers, initially that's going to be the thing is that we will use quantum computers, yeah. but remotely. It's funny. Yeah, we'll be going back to the ages of the early computing where you would have a remote terminal and the remote terminal would connect to the mainframe and all the calculations and stuff would happen on the mainframe. And we're going to go back to that. Yeah, where like these initial steps is... As long as you've got connectivity fast enough to send the information, you know, which all of the major platforms are playing with this. Google's not the only one. Sony's there. Microsoft is there. They're all playing with it. So, um, you know, it's going to be one of those things that it's going to absolutely get there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, 
All right. Uh, that, that's my uh, Amy Webb futurist prediction <laughs> for the week. Go. There you go. <laughs> Remember, it's not a line. It's a cone. Uh, go back and listen to our interview with Amy Webb to find out what we're talking about there. Futurist, how to think like a futurist in event tech. All right. I think that's good enough for now. I don't think we want to go too deep into this because you know we'll revisit it as we hear more about this or as we hear something that's going to affect us a little more, more directly. For now, just know we live in amazing times, and you will able to t- be able to tell your grandkids I was there when when when, when our corporate overlord when when Big G um, uh, was uh, achieved quantum supremacy. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much for helping me out with this. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that we were able to bring this to folks. Uh, if this is the kind of thing you'd like to learn more about, obviously we'll throw information uh, into uh, you know onto the webpage uh, at eventtechpodcast.com. Uh, we'll put all the show notes, all the links there. Um, don't forget, that's where you can also hit the links to subscribe in your favorite podcast apps, whether that's Google Play, uh, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts. You know, now now they've they've separated the podcasts app on Macs. So you know wherever you your fi- wherever your fine podcasts can be found, uh, that way you can find us there. So thank you all so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Check out eventtechpodcast.com. Contact us. Let us know what you think. Hashtag eventtechpodcast on all the socials or eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. Event. Tech. Event, 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 54 times. (laughs) Oh, 54 (laughs) cubits worth of... 54 cubits worth of event tech. Out. Out. (laughs)